Hey, welcome to this 34th edition of Clarity Chat. I have with me Suhir Kanwinde, CIO at Supreme Industries. In today's session, we will talk about his role as Executive Director in Ministry of Shipping, where he undertook digitization of ports. He will also share his rich experiences and stories on IT transformation in Siemens. He has been in the road transportation industry and he will share his experiences into FastTag and road operations technologies. His biggest leadership philosophy is keep trying your hand for new challenges. It's truly reflected in his diverse career. This is the 34th episode of Clarity Chat podcast and here comes an exciting discussion with Sudhir. Did you know that 83% of technology implementations fail to achieve expected business outcomes? Well, managing technology is incredibly complex. IT covers all processes and everything IT does impacts people in some way. The function is only three decades old, but changing at the fastest pace. Technology industry is highly profitable with intense marketing. Tech companies have the vast majority of the tech talent, not you. Clarity Chat purpose is rooted in helping you solve IT challenges for business success, to help you decode the complexity, to help you leverage partners effectively, to help you partner with business more effectively, to help you manage change better, to help you attract talent. You get this clarity via experiences of CIOs and business leaders shared informally and candidly over a cup of tea. Welcome to the Clarity Chat podcast. So you didn't go for the science stream uh, after your 10th. Uh, why was that? Yeah, interesting. Uh, so uh, that time, uh, there was stories about uh, science being too much study, less free time. Hence, I wanted to take easier path, so decided to go for commerce. This was long back, like uh, in 8, 9, 10, I okay, go for science because I was more concentrating on playing hockey. I was reasonably playing good table tennis. And I was a kind of a preferred in you know, a play game and then uh, it was not a very hard working or hard reading and uh, studying, nothing like that. You know, my more, you know, focus was on uh, playground because I stay at Shivaji Park. so. So just two minutes walking distance from my place. Hence decided to go for commerce. But uh, in just one month, I realized my inclination is towards science and especially physics. Hence okay. after one month, I was with Podar College. I spent one month over there. I went to my principal and I told that time, uh, Sinha was our principal. I told her that I want to go for science. There was no science in that college. So I moved out of uh, Poda College and uh, joined uh, science stream. This is how first one month commerce and then, uh, and in those days, you know, uh, getting admission was not that difficult because there was no central admission or you need to submit online papers, your mark sheet, nothing, you know. I got my mark sheet, original mark sheet, and went to uh, another college, Kirti College, and uh, got into science. Oh, that's interesting. In fact, uh, you know, I can connect with that a little bit. I studied in Sanic School till 10, and when I came to Sanic School, it was like a free bird because we came out from a very regimented routine. But then, uh, you know, Sanic School also meant that I, I knew all the sports, 
and i loved uh, like you know utilizing all the facilities in our uh, in our government college and and like you know while people are going for tuitions preparing for engineering i'm like out there playing tt or football i think this was my science teacher who like you know couple of times he very sternly uh, told me that yeah your father told me you're going to come for tuitions now this guy was actually running the iit factory in the small oh. town of almora and you know any anyone who made it to engineering actually made it through his classes his name was mr tp uh, tp joshi we used oh. to call him tp mata mm-hmm. and tp mata was our chemistry teacher and he met me a couple of times in uh, in college and he said yagdish your daddy meets me and he asks me whether you're coming to tuition or not what should i tell him <laughs> twice twice he had to tell me and then i started going to tuition you know started balancing but very interesting so uh, sudhir i really got inspired uh, uh, by your philosophy of keep trying your hand at new challenges which has reflected in your diverse career you know you made some choices which normal people would not make so we'll go through that uh, and i think i can say i think the high point has been the award from president of india so we will talk about that as well yeah first time got chance to visit uh, president house amazing experience ah. uh, yeah december Absolutely. 28 <laughs> last and this was uh, you this was this was in uh, delhi right you delhi yeah to... i was based in delhi for 3 years so uh, this was in delhi yeah. and there was a real sell before uh, you know uh, actual ceremony okay. uh there was a rehearsal and how you you know go enter how you where you sit and how you go pick up your certificate because of covid it was not given uh, like president was sitting uh, and then uh, it minister was also there and we went and uh, you know uh, there was a table you pick up that so everything was done rehearsal was going on for 4 hours right and then the actual uh, this thing anyway rehearsal for rehearsal president of india was not there but the team his team was there <laughs> yeah i i mean i mean i have heard of it and you know i have also seen it because i told you in the sanning school so you know there are like these protocols that you have to follow yeah, you know yeah. sequences and and i think quite a bit of detailing i think you really learn the uh, the the details that go into it you know who will stand where you know how they will walk etc i'm sure all of that were part of the rehearsal right okay yeah we will talk about more about what got you to that award uh, later so you know in the first part let's uh, try to understand you know what what is the journey that makes that makes up you know for sudhir what is today by the way you know we have cxos founders it managers and technology folks in our audience with a common agenda learning uh, the art of finding success with technology so anything that we discuss here you know eventually points to that so sudhir please tell us about your childhood was there anything that pulled you towards technology i mean tell us about where you grew up and uh, childhood born in mumbai and uh, brought up in shivaji park dadar uh, surrounded by lots of cousins and uh, you know kind of those days cousins you know i am talking about vada pav <laughs> 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 and my friends you know uh, because born and brought up school college everything in that 2 uh, kilometer circumference uh, so and a lot of elders seniors to look up as a role model so that was kind of you know uh, and we spent a lot of time in outdoors so technology wise those this uh, we used to listen to commentaries over transistors so that was a technology and uh, that was the uh, latest technology basically and in fact color tv started during asia so technology wise schooling days uh, not much but yeah we 
played a lot of you know i was hardly used to be at home we never used to come from school go to joy park do something go to friends house or colleagues relatives and uh, in my building my five relatives uh, used to stay that those days so it was like a big family kind of uh, this thing you had a so unlike unlike today's kids you had a very very physical childhood not so absolutely, much absolutely absolutely and by the way uh, i think sachin tendulkar also lives around shivaji park i'm sure you would have played with him no he used to stay not uh, but his uh, auntie used to stay at uh, near our place uh, in indravadan society uh, there he used to come and used to come to shivaji park he was from shadashram school and oh. uh, for nearby that's why he decided to stay with his aunt's place and uh, sandeep patil was there shivaji park sachin okay. uh, this not sachin this sachin kumble uh, they used to come to shivaji park okay 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 uh, good uh, you told us like you know you are more interested in hockey etc so you went out of science came back to science we talked about that yeah let's start uh, with your uh, you know with the career graph like you know the uh, the names of companies you work for and you know a quick one and then we will start like one by one into those okay so i uh, completed after science uh, joined vivekanand college where i completed uh, b uh, electronics and through campus interview got into siemens uh, siemens uh, and they selected me for medical division and then i moved to software wing in siemens uh, and then continued for 17 years like not but at the same time i got chance opportunity to work in every the every after every 3 years to work in a different project or different environment different uh, country so that's what siemens gave us an opportunity and uh, when i you know joined siemens that time i also appeared for indian engineering services but i want selected for railways not for the dot department of telecommunication was my interest anyway but i continued with siemens and then uh, i joined z entertainment uh, limited z was our customer that time but there is one ceo uh, i think he was ceo or president uh, mr rajesh jejurikar so he offered me job in uh, their cio office and i started with them moved my you know from uh, other side like from consulting to uh, other side of the table it was a fascinating industry lot of innovations we tried over there lot of uh, you know for trp how to increase trp how it can help Uh, building trp because rajesh jejurikar is more in branding he's a even this xv 500 is his brainchild that's what uh, to say then i uh, after two years with z entertainment i moved to itnl which is island fs transportation networks limited there i worked very closely with nhi on smart transportation because 27 toll plaza used, used to manage and that was direct under control of it department there were many revolutionary plans and uh, and very many many technologies we implemented i also gave a lot of suggestions uh, to nhi during those days for fast tag after 7 years with uh, itnl i since during those days i you know i worked with lot of uh, is officers and uh, came to know that uh, indian government they there are 40 kind of every year they recruit 40 joint secretary level positions so i applied and uh, joined indian ports actually i was selected for transportation considering my transportation experience intelligent tunnel control system experience and moved to transportation ministry but then ministry got split into two one is uh, road and then uh, 
ports because they wanted uh, more focus on uh, port sector like ports shipping and waterways so joined i was transferred and uh, became executive director it with responsibility of digitalization of uh, major ports this is how moved from you know private sector to government and now back in uh, with supreme as in private sector yeah i mean reached a high uh, winning that award and then came back to uh, the came back to back from delhi to mumbai as well i believe that yeah, was yeah, all yeah. yeah so wanted to come back so if this uh, this assignment is for 3 years and then you can further extend for 2 years uh, but you remain joint secretary throughout your uh, career uh, okay. but that was a huge different you know it's like a big game so but at 3 years i wanted to back come back to mumbai that's why i decided and joined private uh, we have we have we have one deep dive into that uh, yeah, area yeah, okay, later okay. so i think i think now let's start like you know getting a little deeper into uh, this you know and i think when you were talking about your uh, siemens medical division how you got in there so talk us about that experience and like you know with some i would say uh, there's some messages around like you know how to identify young talent how to nurture them and all that so just talk about you know your entire experience in the siemens medical division getting there uh, starting from your internships actually okay so uh, during my engineering uh, i was a implant trainee with uh, with siemens and this training is for 3 months and then you come back to school college and then uh, give exam so 3 months i got into siemens medical division only and it was sometime in august september july august september and september is year end of uh, siemens so i was part of test field uh, that's like a quality control and uh, department but uh, they got a big order of radiotom machine those days and radiotom is a surgery machines medical uh, siemens used to manufacture that in india those days in 90 uh, you know kind of 92 that day so i said okay uh, you know i was part i started testing and there was a big order and uh, many of uh, the workers said not possible to you know manufacture so i my boss told me yes uh, if you could uh, help us uh, we can you need to complete 20 radiotom machine testing and i worked hard we you know changed in fact you know the entire lab setup and started testing radiotom surgery on live boys soap <laughs> so that is a kind of those days no there was no phantom nowadays they use phantom no we used to uh, those days live boys soap and we completed and then came back to my college and uh, completed we so when there was a requirement in siemens my uh, immediate boss those days he called me and there's a recruitment if you want you can apply and I applied and uh, got selected in uh, siemens medical division and the first day you know 12th august 1993 I still remember i my first day went to canteen those days you know canteen and transportation was like a, a major thing nowadays nobody ask you know in many few companies provide canteen and bus facility because that sga is not required anymore i was told on the first day you have to go to goa because we are starting one plant sorry okay i said okay fine goa and uh, because goa is my native place also my native place is very near from uh, goa border so so i'm very happy i can i can go to goa they gave me key set of keys and i went to goa so i was the first junior executive of siemens transfer to goa and the first one employee and then we hired other resources i got chance uh, you know uh, to visit germany uh, for training in uh, 94 again it's a one year training period so the training i got into uh, germany 
and then the resolution was passed by Siemens board to get me signing authority because signing authority because we started uh, initially we started with assembly of uh, sonoline fine sonography machines then uh, we started uh, small x-ray machines and to send those we need to sign dispatch notes or get passes rg22 rg uh, then pla those is to end of excise documents so only authorized person can sign those documents so siemens board uh, you know approved uh, my name and my works manager told that time it's very rare that first time we there was a board meeting to authorize someone who is a trainee who is not even confirmed in the organization so uh, then we recruited i got very good resources in goa uh, we hired from uh, bambolim engineering college and uh, we started manufacturing setup i was my first job was to make sure because that plant uh, that was that time plant was in thimim industrial estate which is a small industrial estate and uh, there was nothing in that factory except uh, ac plant and we started importing uh, some products some kind of a pcbs so specific environment is required so my first job literally i hired one person and we started you know working on uh, ac plant so we started ac plant i called up my boss ac plant is working we can now clear custom clearance and bring uh, material in our office and then we it was a great experience we i learned business basically in my first first 3 years starting from hiring to uh, excise commercial quality control manufacturing service because uh, whenever we started sending machine they used to come back to for uh, some time you know kind of some setup and uh, so excellent experience i uh, got during those time oh no this is uh, this is awesome uh, sudhir i mean you know both things one is like you know getting that kind of an experience overall business experience that early or uh, like you you are a trainee and then you come start a yeah. plant itself uh, but i would say that you know at that stage there's no i mean and <laughs> i hope you agree with me on that it's not such a a big deal on your part but i think it says a lot about the organization that you know uh, how they are putting their pets on the talent you know someone who's not yet confirmed giving the signing authority i think even they did an exception while getting you to germany for that one year training as well right and i think you know this is one good quality of you know legendary companies that you know they put the pet on talent they trust them to deliver and and generally uh, they deliver in fact in my case also something similar in tata motors I think I became a manager uh, of about a team of 11 people within two and a half years of joining. One and a half year was actually a training period, so I couldn't have had a team anyway. And within a year of like you know joining the field, I had a team of 11 people, and uh, I just kept getting responsibility. Uh, and my bosses stood behind me. You know, when you're young, when you're young and you know raw, you make mistakes. But you know that's also a you know a quality of good organizations that the management stands behind you. when you make those uh, silly mistakes so uh, th- that's awesome uh, sudeep so i think you still continued with siemens but you moved on to the other side so tell us about the transition from business to uh, towards it uh yeah so uh, what happened you know in in siemens uh, in 96 uh, they decided that uh, you know all it talent within organization many uh, switch boards switch gear motors they brought them into one umbrella and that was uh, in a later stage it was ssl but those days siemens business services so they they started one plan you know kind of a project of a central database because those days in 96 
used to have a multiple sap systems sap for nasik factory sap for uh, kalwa factory then sap not only sap finance was used to have a different uh, server then sap uh, at calcutta so decided to bring everything and the one umbrella we they transferred those people you know not only programmers or uh, plc uh, experts but also business experts and uh, formed a team and we uh, rolled out central database that was one erp one sap for the entire siemens india and when that was successful they you know the entire team they moved to different locations they we moved to uk then uh, germany and then to us so us also what they did is uh, used to have a multiple uh, erp systems brought everything under one system so you map processes you know kind of and would entire that uh, server into data center in uh, duluth which is uh, in atlanta so i was in atlanta i continued there for 6 years and in atlanta what happened is uh, you know after this project they moved the entire data center to germany so what we worked in india of center database that was actually a trial and when that trial was successful they rolled out for the entire world today now that database center database is moved to singapore the entire asia pacific works on singapore data center entire us works on uh, data center or servers located at uh, germany so mm-hmm. it was a amazing project and uh, this is how uh, i moved from uh, business like uh, in uh, production planning to it and i uh, continued in uh, in the us till 2006 and uh, came back uh, there was an opportunity in sisl so i came back to india and was working with sisl from 2006 to 2011 and uh, was handling non siemens customers those days okay okay so that's uh, uh, so that's awesome that was your transition from uh, from business to it and then uh, then 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 going uh, big my just one quick question what was the biggest challenge see these uh, you know uh, setting up central systems and all of that you know any kind of it transformation generally has challenges so what was your biggest change management challenge there yeah so uh, what happened you know when we uh, started this consolidation project Uh, initially there was some resistance uh, mainly because of fear of losing control because say, uh, one unit used to have their own team own like server they can do whatever they want they can shut down whenever uh, when there is a kind of new uh, system copy or what so there was a basically not very you know support for our project initial days uh, but that changed you know uh, the fear was about losing control that was the whole idea and uh, however we got excellent support from management and those who were not supported you know for this center database project were moved out and given some different uh, role in the organization so literally project was implemented with sama dama danda bhed i'm talking about international not in india but in the us samadama dandabet and if everything was driven from siemens germany and they said no we have this success story in india we need to implement same solution similar way in the us and this was successful oh that's a, actually actually that's a good template you know i mean which people follow which is that you know 
try it out in a smaller market where the impact may not be very big but then once it succeeds you know then just put all your might behind it the management the sponsorship so i think the important insight here and you know to all the senior people out there who are listening to us uh, the most important insight here is that you know you need to put your weight behind these initiatives the management doesn't sponsor the management leaves the program team to fend on fend on their own i don't think these will uh, succeed so you really need to put your weight behind these initiatives um so uh, uh, sudhir let's move on i we have some big parts of the chat coming up so uh, you then switched on uh, interestingly you switched over from consulting to uh, internal it so what was driving this and i believe yeah i mean what was what was the driver and then you talk about you know your some of your early experiences coming on the other side yeah so uh, when i you know i was in the in the us worked on uh, central database over there that project name was concert and uh, in 2006 i came back to india and uh, non siemens customers uh, was given to me so where uh, i got opportunity to work across industries manufacturing pharma media because uh, siemens was licensed you know people used to buy sap license to siemens and uh, you know extremely good in implementation uh, many many companies like uh, pharma us vitamin then the cadilla intas uh, media hindustan times uh, times of india we used to you know support them as well as fmcg z entertainment one of uh, this thing my customers so this was my through siemens as a consultant but then i moved from consulting to z entertainment uh, and uh, there we started you know uh, we plan to you know enhance system it innovations uh, huge uh, you know content was there how you can place that content or find content so we worked on those project as i mentioned rajesh jejurikar uh, was a uh, you know kind of uh, ran behind again branding over there and so we uh, you know we implemented a lot of yeah please Uh, it, it it just slipped my mind. You told me that you didn't have an option. I mean, Rajesh pulled you in. <laughs> yeah. So and then so because the, I was a, I was consultant there, right? Through Siemens, and uh, it was not allowed. It was legally not allowed. But he spoke with our management, and when Rajesh called, uh, people nobody was even. In fact, I was relieved immediately. And surprisingly, even for last uh, you know twenty seven years, I mean, in the industry, I have not switched many uh, jobs, but seventeen uh, years in one company, seven years. But there's no lag in between. Whenever I leave, you know, uh, move to another, the next day, or maybe on Friday and then Monday. So I have not got chance even to take break and relax. That people say that when you switch, that's a honeymoon time. But I have not got chance to you know enjoy that. I know. So, I know. i can i can understand that <laughs> yeah so let's let's uh, so that was that was the g entertainment now we come to the you know the interesting one which is about ilfs transportation networks so tell us about uh, that story i you spent a long time there yeah so uh, talk us about you know some of those yeah very very interesting project we worked uh, uh, with when i was with itnl uh, we worked on toll plazas automation uh when fastag came you know fastag we uh, we told nhi we can implement such technology and very useful but we need cheaper solution because if you go to us or in singapore 
they have a OBU, the onboard unit, uh, which costs around 5,000 to 8,000 if we implement in India. We wanted something very cheap solution. And this RFID solution successful, but initial days what happened is uh, uh, the issue was with infrastructure because whenever you implement any project uh, or any digital transformation, you make sure that your infra is strong, your network is should be strong. So this was kind of not done initially, but then uh, there was a mandate from NHI, every lane should have a good fiber network, certain bandwidth, and they started collecting in command and control center. So this was what chance to work with NHI. Again, presentation, I have interacted with him, couple of hours with NHI chairman those days. And then I also worked on uh, tunnel control system because uh, those days we got order for two projects. One is uh, Chenani Nashri Tunnel, which is in Jammu and Kashmir. It was the longest tunnel of India, 9.5 kilometers, and overall it's a 14 kilometer stretch. And because of Chenani Nashri Tunnel, the transport, like uh, road communication from Mumbai, from, from Jammu to Srinagar, is for all 12 months, all weather tunnel. Because otherwise, Patni top me hota tha, snow to fir road band, then you have only option of going through Lai Ladakh. So it's a long tour. So it was an ambitious project and uh, worked uh, on many systems. Uh, like uh, there we used to have a smart cameras, X-ray scanners, because considering a security, you know, we installed X-ray scanners. At the same time, those X-rays should not be a very hazardous X-rays. Then uh, feeding data, a lot of artificial AI-based cameras, speed monitoring devices, fire control, then uh, and everything was connected through SCADA. So during those days, I also got one excellent opportunity and uh, that of, uh, you know, preparing one memorandum of like MOU for uh, one tunnel control system. And I got chance, now I was part of CII delegation which visited Israel. Uh, just before uh, Prime Minister visit and uh, many, many MOU signed, many like uh, for farm, uh, farmers related or farming related, technology related, but one tunnel control system was with, uh, I was part of that team and uh, excellent, excellent experience I got over there and uh, we um, uh, learned a lot. I got chance to interact with uh, many IS officers over there and that's how I came to know about, you know, every year they recruit 40 and then I move to the new kind of assignment so uh, so i have got an experience about chenani nasri tunnel so oh, okay my, my 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 co-brother was in udhampur so he is in army and uh, you know we took his car so my family this was about uh, three two or three years back three years back and he had a honda city automatic okay? oh <laughs> So I took it inside the tunnel and the tunnel, you know, and I, I mean, the voice, the sounds reverberate and it's a very busy tunnel, right? There's lots of traffic, yeah. lots of trucks and all that. So, so one, it was an automatic car and there was so much noise. When I came out of the tunnel, I realized something is wrong with the car. Okay. And I could see the, I, that, that time I could feel some, some noise uh, in the car, which I could not inside the tunnel. And uh, I found that, you know, one of the tires had completely like, you know, withered away. So, <laughs> so what happened was, you know, one is you're inside the tunnel, lots of noise. It's an automatic uh, car. So you don't realize what gear it is going on. I think the tire got punctured and I just ran with punctured tire for some seven, eight kilometers inside the tunnel. 
oh. and well i i changed the tire afterwards uh, but then the rest of the trip for the next 3 3-4 days we were re- really anxious we went to mini kashmir uh, uh, what's the name of that place uh, uh, so after you i mean you cross over to patni top and i'm forgetting the name of the place it's called mini it's called mm-hmm. mini, uh, mini kashmir right so we were worried that you know we are running without a stepney and know where we got actually that exact specification of the tire uh, this, this was in which month which month this was this was in summers this was i think mm-hmm. in uh, april may of i think 2019 if i'm correct yeah so anyway so i have i have i have i have had my own you know sort of memorable experience of chennai nasri tunnel <laughs> yeah we used to have uh, you know uh, there is one more tunnel so we used to work in between and there was a camp we used to stay in containers containers converted into us it was an amazing experience and uh, i stayed in anandmarg when there was a curfew and all so we used to shuffle between sonmarg and uh, chennai so this was okay. our uh, kind of journey almost uh, every yeah, i visited yeah please no i must say that you know like i think you have been you you worked on infrastructure transformation there uh, i think when militancy was like quite a bit there yeah. but i'm sure the, the work was exciting enough to take those risks yeah absolutely my my morning walk friends they gave me one day send off because there was a curfew <laughs> and uh, it was a very scary you know the, and in my aircraft also mumbai shrinagar aircraft uh, only four five people were there out of that i was only civilian rest of all from army <laughs> so this is how uh, visited to you know but it was a fun it was uh, exciting uh, journey you know i i mean you know i can see that like you know i think right from your stints right from your first stints you know you have been like you know working on transformation like you know pushing the envelope you know bringing in technology and all that so that's that's really interesting hey i am your podcast host jagdish belwal i had a rich career as cio at tata motors and ge now as an advisor i help organizations transform with technology technology is necessary for digital transformation but not sufficient so i help organizations with the rest of it leadership strategy culture change management etc you can connect with me on linkedin and twitter for now keep listening and don't forget to subscribe the podcast and do connect with me on linkedin so uh, let me let me move on so i think you have explained that you know how you're working in uh, working with the the bureaucrats and you got to know about like you know the induction of 40 joint secretary level people literally from private sector into the government and that's how like you applied and got into the ministry of shipping so yeah, tell us about you know what was the mandate and how was life different from two, two three questions you know which i think all of our audience will have for you like you know how was life different between private sector and public sector i mean can governments really change can people working in the government really change and you know i mean how real is the digital india so i have three questions for you there yeah so when we talk about in you know, a government job uh, so security uh, and you can relax it's not the way you know it's like everybody is working so hard at least now with with targets with uh, i have attended you not believe i have attended uh, meetings on saturday afternoon sunday afternoon niti ayog used to because niti ayog was driving all these uh, these projects whichever project is beyond uh, say 250 crores 
uh, and some uh, 500 crores above projects are directly monitored by them though it's uh, under ministry of shipping or ministry of transportation do they conduct review meetings minister used to conduct meeting at 9:30 10 after parliament session also and uh, they used to tell us go for you know walk or something and then we'll come back we'll assemble we'll and i sometimes i'll tell you you know i have taken work home also means many times every weekend we used to carry only thing is they have a lot of processes because the taxpayers money you cannot uh, you know spend uh, the way you want it's like in in private sector you go take approval maybe you have some workflow or uh, project system implemented you click and then uh, as per approval you get approval or you submit budget here is like a infinite game you know there is no end i'll tell you one uh, in in my with i was with media we moved our data center to we co-located our servers and i was very happy that i moved 14 racks and i was like proud you know i some that's now everything is working fine here in first two months i we moved a data center of shipping uh, 163 racks wow can imagine the 6163 like that kind of a impact and uh, so target uh, given was uh, for us was ease of doing business that was a target now you identify technology you identify you and discuss with the uh, port chairman and get what what is their pain areas work wise tremendous work process wise yes lot of processes i first day i was when i when i started first day itself uh, i got big files and i was not sure what all those files you know and then i realized you know it's like a fully maintained for last 6-7 years since the inception of that project you will find every document so you have to read a lot which is not in the private sector where we read contracts we read uh, you know sows but here the entire flow entire from commercial approval to technical approval there are multiple committees those committees give recommendation then then the is a back and forth so when you even if you want to implement a small project uh, there's a lot of communication lot of documentation that's kind initially i was little uh, you know kind of then i realized because of tax plus money we need to make sure this is uh, but now a lot of changes are there there's a you know uh, e office so e- everything works through e office there's nothing like you know and then documented is taken earlier you know file hai file gayab ho gayi aisa kuch nahi hai everything in central government is will manage now will properly and lot of efforts for uh, digital india every you know uh, we started one project i'll i'll we talk about that uh, so that project we started much before covid and that helped us a lot during during this uh, pandemic so work wise lot of work so people those are not working they are not working even in private sector or any any you know small industry but um, there's a huge work it's a infinite game that's what i can say government is a infinite game nothing is and impact is also big now it's like very big impact you you solve one one small problem you know we uh, we brought this birthing whenever ship enters and then there's a birthing even earlier birthing meetings used to take place we brought this birthing online we know exactly with vtms vessel tracking uh, management system we know exactly when ship will come to port what time birthing is required what material is there accordingly you give time slot you save logistics india what we need is save logistics cost if we if we manage to save now because of this pandemic and then there is a shortage of containers logistics cost is going up but uh, in long run 
the lot of efforts taken by government to reduce logistic cost so um, so sudhir i think um, you talked about impact so so let's quickly talk about this uh, you know the port uh, digitization system that you efforts that you undertook so just give us a peek into like you know how are ports different uh, in the last few years so uh, yeah so uh, my project was all 13 major ports and uh, initially they asked me to you know start with reduce cost reduce manpower so that you know we can efficiency will go up so first step uh, because of my you know background of erp and all we started the uh, erp implementation uh, for six major ports uh, those are mumbai kolkata haldia paradeep and uh, kandla and when uh, we started this project we realized there are uh, around 1100 processes because every port was having a different process and people used to get transferred also like now also people from mumbai uh, traffic manager goes to kandla kandla goes to so whenever they used to change their location new process new kind of you know so we decided to go ahead with one erp and brought down 1100 processes into 263 processes that was the one thing and then also digitize all all old documents kolkata port is 100 you know more than 100 years old so imagine the document is yes, everything we started lakhs of documents we digitized and now we are getting a lot of you know kind of information out of it it was nobody was you know looking at now it's because of indexing you can get those details then i was told to uh, reduce one one port chairman told me i want to make sure in one click i want to find out my container because it's a huge uh, time consuming job whenever there's a custom clearance you know people used to go and find out container location and this and that so we implemented differential gps with uh, ai based cameras so where the camera takes picture of whenever when you pick up container from ship immediately that profiling is done this like aadhar card of that container and then aadhar card is stored in the database and then all those cameras uh, you know they search whenever you want container details you immediately they give aadhar and location where you have kept so we implemented that it was a well uh, appreciated uh, similarly uh, when we send consignment through sea route uh, there are 27 touch points so we converted not all 100% but many like 20 uh, touch points we brought down into electronic interfaces with uh, api integration with custom api integration with uh, other uh, you know uh, human resource distinct uh, servers at the same time uh, as i mentioned birthing was done so lot of those touch points we brought down which helped us a lot in uh, uh, basically during this covid and uh, dashboards were generated how much is the container so we prepared one dashboard that dashboard as was my first you know it was a prayas dashboard uh, shipment dashboard and that uh, data goes to prayas and prayas is monitored directly by pmo and uh, I, i can show that sometime in the meet uh, that link how how that is you know done because uh, i am still part of uh, you know kind of uh, working with them giving them support i was part of vision 2030 uh, we prepared vision 2030 for uh, logistics sector and uh, this is how you know kind of uh, huge work done and uh, that was well appreciated by my no no so i think yeah so i think i think you know like some some takeaways that you know i can think of from from as i reflect on what you just talked about so one is that you know i think uh, i always 
believe that you know everyone wants to do a good job so you know whether it's people in private sector or government if there is a vision then you know people align to it and they put their and they put their efforts and weight behind it and which is what i think seems to be happening that you know when the when the prime minister himself is leading the whole agenda of digital india and uh, you know and there are tangible programs you know niti aayog is doing their bit and then you know it's the whole bureaucracy which is bureaucracy and uh, people in the government who are who are who are basically getting excited by that agenda so that that is something that i see i hope i hope i got it right yeah and then no they know because this 40 people they hire or they get from from industry when they started with ayushman bharat it's a different uh, you know you need a expert in insurance so that's how uh, they started hiring and then they realized that people coming from industry will definitely help salary and everything is nowhere means like nowhere compared to uh, private sector but the satisfaction is tremendous that's what i can say so amazing the satisfaction i think the impact you are able to make that is tremendous yeah yeah i think the second takeaway that i have and again you know something that i believe in is that the role of it starts and it starts with processes you know so i mean you know you starting with mapping 1100 processes streamlining them into common 200 odd processes uh, i i have one story like you know where we had something similar like you know one by one the manufacturing plants keep coming up and everyone starts developing their own process but then you know when you start doing a enterprise wide dashboard you cannot because everyone is measuring things differently and all that and then i created an agenda with the manufacturing had to first harmonize the processes create common kpis definitions and then only you can get a dashboard and i think uh, i see uh, you know i i see this story from you resonating uh, with that and then you know like you know digitizing 20 odd uh, touch points so i think the whole thing really speeds up your logistics and you know whether i mean container one is a great example of you know ai happening in the in the government sector yeah so uh, sudhir uh, let's move on i'm sure that is a high point that will kind of remain a lifetime memory for you so uh, coming back to now you know your your current role with supreme industries uh, one of the largest india's largest plastic processors so tell us like you know what are some of your business priorities give us a grounds of view of like you know what's happening in the industry you know what kind of priorities are there and what are some of the how you are connecting them with technology yeah so now we have uh, here 28 uh, manufacturing plants uh, all over country uh, many depots and uh, the key it initiative uh, going on in suprimar sd van we implemented first because for going for digital transformation want to upgrade infrastructure so we are on now sd van yesterday on 26 jan we completed our hana upgrade that's why i am sitting in office since 26 including 26 jan i am in office and we completed this in house without any external support with internal team we completed now next uh, what we are trying is uh, iot projects where uh, the same like container here we want to track our finished goods and semi finished goods so those we have shortlisted we have prepared prototype for uh, this implementation and as a cio there is a you know dear role uh, continuous improvement and uh, modifications to the existing systems and uh, secondly implementing this innovative solutions trending uh, products that can be game changer so huge hana upgrade is done and now we are doing this small uh, you know kind of uh, projects which will give good impact you know and improve business uh, transformation okay so this i think i think yeah so starting with the infrastructure upgrade in fact yeah yeah, yeah. 
I, I remember when when I was doing the first time I was doing the digital transformation, I actually started from the same place. Like you know, look at your networks because you know, in digital transformation, the the data that is going to be carried by your networks is going to be multiple times. So you really need to strengthen that part. And then and then you know then comes like you know who are the systems which will be processing that data. So your ERP systems, you know your data centers, and then and then like you know putting your bets on innovation. So uh, at this point, I think you know, we have uh, we are a little bit away from the close. Uh, so we'll probably extend it by maybe another five seven minutes, which generally happens given the you know how we get no, absorbed no discussion. I mean, I want to dwell on this like for a minute, uh, Sudhir. I mean, I have seen that many of my guests here, you know, they have really either they started from business, you know, they started from operations. Uh, or they have been very, very close to the business operations. Like, you know, uh, I think one of them, Asha, she was like throughout in IT and then she deliberately took a break and went after seeking business roles, which will have nothing to do with IT. And then she yeah. came back to IT and like, you know, and was a much better leader. So I think keeping connected to operations, being having a real genuine interest or a grounding in operations definitely helps. Of course, like my seven years, First seven years were in uh, were in business and operations, and I that really gives you a better appreciation of you know what what kind of problems you're trying to solve, right? So then we have another colleague from Debra, uh, Dinesh. So now and now we have a question. So the Tatray Patnaik, have you ever come across with any kind of disagreement or debate with CISO while offering IT functionalities as a CIO? Over to you, Sudhir. Yeah, this is this happens actually. Uh, so. Uh, CISO should not report to CIO. That's what I uh, see because then this disagreement happens because uh, CIOs want to uh, implement many projects, uh, say for IoT projects, and even CISO is not uh, may take objection because of uh, staging server or edge computing servers. How we can you know restrict any so CISO role plays very important in any IoT projects. That's what uh, I say. And disagreements are uh, the disagreements also are very common uh, when we start any project uh, best step is to understand uh, try to fulfill all requirements and at the same time most important is understand business requirement expectation management is important and if both cio and ciso when they agree with expectation management i think we can uh, uh, go forward yeah i think one of the discussions you know, just to chip in uh, here so the one of the discussions i've had with my cisos is that you cannot eliminate risk right you yeah. can only you can only mitigate it you can only manage it so i think the discussions have to be more around not see that we don't want to take any risk but yeah you know what let's identify the risk acknowledge it and let's try to mitigate it by bringing in some controls etc etc we have a question from a very good question for you from amrinder uh, what can private sector learn from government most important you know when you start any project with this IT project or any infrastructure, in the, no, I'm not saying IT, but any project, if that is successful, whether it's in government or it's in private, that directly contributes to your country's GDP. And we need to make sure that project timelines are important. There are incentives given in government. If you complete project before time, there's an incentive given. So that incentive part needs to be there. And because private sector, what happens is we get approvals pretty fast. But study is not done. While in government, uh, sometimes study is so big that project 
बाजू में रहता है एंड ओनली स्टडी बट नाउ देर इज अ कंट्रोल देर इज अ मॉनिटरिंग टू मेनी पीपल आर मॉनिटरिंग देर आर ऑडिट सो दैट्स वाई वी नीड टू मेक श्योर दैट प्रोसेस वॉट गवर्नमेंट फॉलोज वी नीड टू फॉलो इन प्राइवेट सेक्टर ऑल्सो एंड कंसिडर एवरी पेनी एज यू नो यू आर कॉन्ट्रीब्यूटिंग टू टू जी डी पी आई थिंक दैट वी शुड लर्न फ्रॉम फ्रॉम गवर्नमेंट प्रोजेक्ट्स yeah i i mean that's a good perspective i got from you here sudhir that you know in government you know taxpayer money is important and a lot of your processes are there to you know protect that or like you know to make a good use of that i think here you know we should also be looking at shareholder uh, any money that we spend as shareholders funds you know which are like you know we are yeah. a custodian of that not really uh, not really like you know authorized to spend it in whatever way okay uh, sudhir we are like towards the end of the chat now the one which i don't want to leave here is the one which is a, which is about your mentor's story like you know the whole difference between made in india versus make in india so why don't you tell us about that yeah so uh, when i started my career uh, that time with siemens medical siemens works uh, mr bagul uh, he was a works manager he is no more but uh, he gave a good guidance for me and uh, during he told me during his earlier days he used to assemble uh, medical equipments uh, with siemens medical because those days uh, there was a lot of restrictions because of you know siemens was not allowed to export from germany so they used to assemble and put medical equipment uh, assembled in india and his dream you know when i when he told me that tomorrow you are going to goa and uh, make sure that the plant uh, is successful so that i want to see make in india so make in india i heard in 93 august on 12th august because 13 august i traveled to uh, goa on 12th august he told me that he wants to see and he will come for inauguration of first when we you know uh, roll out the dispatch ct scanners he himself will come and he wants to see that make in india label make in india or made in india siemens goa plant so that was kind of uh, you know uh, he told me and i still remember it's always you know in my mind you know in, whenever we do something we should you know contribute to our nation also absolutely absolutely i think you know that 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 subtle difference i realize that you know you can actually get components from everywhere you know assemble it in india and put a made in india tag but i think the real fun and the real contribution is like you know when you actually make in india itself and and he actually he taught me that you know uh, you have to look beyond just completing your task for the day or for month or a year there is always a bigger picture for a greater good so this is this sentence is always in my mind yeah yeah absolutely absolutely we just need to always connect to the bigger picture right in fact you know just i think uh, last week or earlier this week i posted a video which was about like you know how to how to how not to get a get into a rigmarole of your job like you know the job bores you it's always if you always keep connected with the purpose of your role and where it is contributing to the company you will never get never get bored in your job anyway so uh, coming back uh, sudhir so let's now start our interesting round of rapid fire okay oh. now you got into ies indian engineering services but you did not join why and do you regret it uh see i appeared for ies and uh, uh, that is after immediately after my engineering uh, indian engineering services and uh, i was aiming for uh, department of telecommunication but somehow i got selected for railways and first my location was lucknow 
and those days railways was not very you know kind of uh, high tech uh, uh, ministry and i was with siemens uh, just one month completed in siemens goa plant i i checked with my uh, immediate boss not mr bagul he was a works manager immediate boss and he told me uh, that was his name was mr kelkar uh, see if you go to railways now you will end up handling siemens signals because siemens is to provide or uh, supply signals for them there's nothing more than signals but if you stay here you get a lot of new kind of technology you will get chance to work for different so that's why i continued uh, with siemens immediately even after uh, receiving indian engineering services uh, offer letter but i continued but that was always back back of my mind you know uh, whether i have taken a good decision or a bad decision so whenever i used to go to south mumbai you can see the huge you know kind of railway uh, colony and uh, railway ministry delhi if you go it's like a big ministry now so that was i should i whether i have taken a good decision or so that was my back of mind and then i that's why yeah, ias nahi mila but when this got opportunity i got i immediately opted for uh, this working for government and i in my interview i i carried my offer letter of not offer letter but joining letter and i showed that to uh, uh, mr sanjay ji bhatia he is now upalokayukta of uh, maharashtra government he was a chairman that time mumbai porters so he i showed him that's why i want to join that was my final you know kind of <laughs> okay so maybe you know there was a bit of a regret but you actually uh, mitigated yeah. it by working for the government for 3 years and uh, being a joint secretary but i think then then that leads to my next uh, rapid fire question that you know when you said you wanted to go into telecom but you got railways and therefore you didn't join the question is why did you want to go for go to telecom and in government what was the inspiration behind yeah my aunt my uh, my kaki you know she is uh, first uh, lady uh, of iit mumbai and she wow. worked with dot uh, department that time and uh, she was reporting to sam petroda Wow. Now uh, she retired few years, many years, like ten, fifteen years back uh, from uh, rather more uh, uh, from NIC, from NIC. Sorry, not NIC. She continued in government, but she was uh, those days she was reporting to Sam Petroda. I I just mean I just mean I can't win the. Okay, so that's a that's a huge inspiration to have, like you know, an IIT engineer as your aunt, and then working directly with Sam Petroda. I'm sure if. anybody would like to then join a telecom role then okay any uh, any bad decisions in your life like of course one we discussed but the other one was like you know you're pretty doing pretty well in us and coming back to india yeah in 99 i uh, started in india i moved from uk to uh, atlanta and continued for till 2006 and those days getting green card was very easy but i decided i wanted to come back to india so uh, not even opted for green card otherwise i would have continued in delhi or sorry in the us because uh, getting green card then you have to maintain green card then you you know go in that uh, you know then get uh, us passport so i decided to come back so sometime i after coming back mainly because of kids education i thought you know uh, whether i have taken a good decision or bad decision so this always uh, in the discussion so okay but at yeah, that time that was a good decision 911 i was in the us in uh, when this uh, thing happened uh, and then the anthrax started my that time my son was uh, one year old so i i thought let's go back to india but then after coming back uh, when we came back uh, he was in uh, 
second and third standard over there and after coming back he told me whatever we write uh, you know in one year they are asking me to write every day <laughs> so that, <laughs> kind of, then i said okay i think same thing you know i am also getting stuck in traffic whether i have taken the good decision or bad decision i should have continued <laughs> but then he also uh, you know kind of uh, picked up and uh, fourth standard he got scholarship uh, so it was a wow. good uh, thing you know but i i think i think i think you know with whatever you have been able to do the kind of impact you have been able to make make the kind of diverse roles you have played uh, at least as i see it and i think as our audience see it you need not have any regrets <laughs> okay so uh, let's move on like you know a uh, quick ones maybe a two liner ones you know how do you build an effective team three principles uh, by uh, letting each member have uh, his her say in the matter and by encouraging upward communication and uh, valuing everyone's input that's why they get motivated awesome awesome you value everyone's input encourage upward communication don't let them you know hold back anything yeah and 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 uh, let them let everyone have a say in their job yeah okay so again another another rapid fire how do you leverage the partner's talent to your benefit yeah partners are very important because uh, because they whenever you implement any any assignment project task they might have you know implemented in many other uh, locations or any projects so their inputs their uh, experience very important without good partners very difficult to uh, run or implement a successful project yeah no so the question is different See, many many people they still like you know they 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 take your partner they do this do this do this right so oh okay okay i thought partner means so uh, vendor you, yeah yeah vendor only i'm saying but how how do you leverage them how do you bring out the best from your partner yeah so uh, best is uh, get them on board and treat them as your 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 colleague not not as a you know kind of vendor so if you if if they become part of your team even, even this not only with vendor even with your uh, end customer end customer the user business user if that becomes part of your your project because it driven projects will never work you need to make sure your partner and your end customer all are in one table with same same kind of direction then project will be successful i think i think i think you're you're definitely not the first one telling this i think this has been yeah yeah this is yeah i think i think right from vijay sethi the my first guest you know everybody has been saying that you have to treat your partners as your own team member you have to give them a voice you have to empower them and uh, you have to and don't treat them in a parental mode <laughs> yeah hey that's great to this so that that was an awesome uh, i would say one hour more than one hour actually one hour almost we are about one hour 15 minutes so what's your reverse question to me i've been asking you yeah. the question call it as a revenge question <laughs> excellent so i actually i have also gone through earlier your uh, clear it chai at this sessions and also uh, i have, i'm reading whenever you post any uh, linkedin just one question since you're you was with g and uh, a lot of reading is done from your side what is percentage because uh, there are different data you know about uh, successful projects it projects as per nascom success is only 32% it's very difficult to calculate you know or when we whenever we implement iot if somebody asks me what is return of investment business person can give better return on investment similarly success because for for it people or cio will say okay my project was successful well, what is the reality if you could just just yeah. maybe throw so some I, I... 
I'll, I'll, I'll answer that point from uh, point from three or four perspectives, including a personal one. So, you know, I think I think the global uh, uh, success rate, I think there are studies from Gartner and uh, I've, I've heard people refer to Accenture studies and all that, you know, which is like, you know, 70% of the project, you know, fail to generate ROI. I mean, their technology implementations are failures. Now, I think the first thing is like, you know, how do you define success or failure? Right? So, you know, because, you know, I have seen projects, you know, where which have got deployed and technically they are like, you know, successful signed off and all that, but they don't really generate uh, benefits for you. So that that figure is 70%, which is close to, you know, what your NASCOM figure is. But there's a this 17% uh, figure or the 83% figure actually is comes out of Vijay Ramachandran's survey. He did the survey in 2020 when I think he started he surveyed about 180 Indian organizations and uh, it was more a perception based survey, which is like, you know, asking CXOs whether, you know, are you getting the ROI on your technology implementations? Okay. So I think uh, to an extent, it might also be a result of how you are asking the question. So this is more like a perception question, if I'm correct. And maybe, you know, if Vijay is hearing this, he can clarify. So that that is 17%. And when he first started this survey in 1995, the answer I mean, the percentage was 87%. That means 87% people were not getting the ROI. And uh, one of the questions we debated in our, uh, you know, our clarity chat, which was the third one with uh, Vijay Ramachandran, was exactly this, that, you know, 25 years hence, this 13% has moved only to 17%. It should have been much higher. And I think, uh, you know, that is where I also decided to pick it up as an agenda for clarity chat, uh, because there's a lot of, you know, talk and discussion around technology and its power to transform. But I, I hold the view that technology is necessary, but not sufficient. There are a ton of other things that you need to do from a management and leadership and organization uh, change point of view, which make technology successful, not just a sign off. So now coming to the last dimension of like, you know, your question, which is my personal perspective. So, you know, we were doing uh, in Tata Motors, I was running a project portfolio about 60 plus 60 to 70 projects per year. And the demand used to be about 350 projects per year. So we had developed a methodology to, uh, you know, to do this prioritization. But then I was always like, you know, curious that, you know, are these really making an impact? So we actually created a business value scorecard where we would actually go back to the last three years project. Okay. And we would start assessing them on whether like, you know, whether it's being used, are there alternate processes in place? Is there a department, is there a discipline being enforced about using the particular process that was automated and all that? And uh, I would say the results were not very encouraging. So, you know, one of my, I can say contributions or one of my initiatives was to actually drive a business value governance with senior leaders where see generally how uh, it and business discussion happens is that, you know, you start getting a laundry list of requirements, right? We completely turned it on its head. So when we used to have these senior leadership meetings, the first slide that we used to show was the projects done in the last three years and have and what is their business value uh, realization score. So we, we, we developed a scorecard and what is the business value realization score? And I actually said, listen, you know, like no, no point having a long list of project demands with me if this is your uh, realization score. So 
coming back to like you know who is uh, responsible i think both are responsible as it we should be going out and tracking the success rate of this pro- project and also as business i think you know we should also be holding a mirror to each other saying that like you know what was expected of it and uh, you know why it happened or didn't happen so let me give you a practical example here there was a spare parts planning uh, you know project that we did and it was like you know successful celebrated and everything but 6 months later i i called the you know the leaders of spare parts and i said listen show me you know we had baselined a certain uh, matrices like you know um, the first time uh, fulfillment ratio i mean spare parts it's very easy to measure the matrix right uh, you know your inventory levels and all that and things had not moved now when we uh, when so so you know then we started discussing as to you know why it is not moving everything is like good you know people are talking about it and all that and you know what we figured out is that there were two planners which were required for for driving the entire new process of planning on the new tool and these were not approved by hr it was stuck in the hr approval hierarchy and therefore the realization was not done and then you know the whole discussion changed you know so so all the leaders then went after along with hr to basically tell that why these two planners are important why these roles should be fast track and then we started realizing the value so you know these are like you know the the, the fault points can exist anywhere in the organization including uh, you know in hr <laughs> and all that so you really touched a nerve when you uh, mentioned that wow what a spellbinding and spirited discussion with sudhir i hope you loved it as much as i did to listen to more such power packed conversations subscribe to the clarity chat podcast It's available on all major podcasting platforms. In our next podcast, I will host Sankar Son Banerjee, CIO of RBL Bank. He is fondly called Sanky. Watch out for our next Clarity Chat podcast with Sanky.